On Friday, September 18th, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at age 87 from pancreatic cancer. This news broke our hearts over here at Harlots of History podcast, and we quickly descended into despair and anxiety. It felt like this woman single-handedly protected all women in the U.S. with her dissenting opinions. She was our protector until the day she died. 100 of her clerks stood guard over her casket at the public viewing on the steps of the Supreme Court. RBG was a unicorn, someone so rare in government. From Cornell to marriage, motherhood, and Harvard Law School, she was one of nine women in a class of 500. She became one of the few female law professors in the country. She co-wrote the first law, first law school casebook on sex discrimination. At her first teaching job at Rutgers Law School, she was informed that she would be paid less than her male coworkers because her husband had a well-paying job. Then she co-founded the Women's Rights Project of ACLU, where she participated as an attorney in hundreds of gender discrimination cases. Six before the Supreme Court, she won five. She fought for inequality for males as well as for females. She was then nominated to the U.S. Courts of Appeal, U.S. Court of Appeals by Jimmy Carter, and then to the Supreme Court by Bill Clinton. She was the second woman to ever be on the Supreme Court and the first Jewish woman. She had a couple of bouts with cancer and even concealed her chemotherapy device in a fanny pack so that she could be present for the day's arguments at the Supreme Court. During the period between Sandra Day O'Connor's retirement and Sonia Sotomayor's appointment, RBG was the only woman on a court of males. It was during this time that she began to become loud and read her dissents that she is so famous for to the majority opinion of the Supreme Court. We can credit many laws and court rulings to RBG. She championed the right for equal pay to abortion rights and rights for people with mental illnesses, just to name just a few. She was not perfect. She did not always make the best decisions, but she always admitted her wrongdoing and learned from it. She was an icon, the notorious RBG. To quote RBG, women will have achieved true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. Our country would look very different today if not for her half-century career of blood, sweat, and tears. And AOC said it best. In an Instagram video, she said not to despair. She said we must come together, check our voter registration, vote, and organize. These women have inspired us to do so much more and to come out of our comfort zone. We promise we are going to do our best to leave our comfort zone and do more. RBG's husband, Martin, who she had a beautiful, equal, supportive relationship of 50 years, said it best in a letter to Ruth days before his own death. Quote, what a treat it has been to watch you progress to the very top of the legal world. And it really has been a treat for all of us. Hey, hiya, howdy, salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast. This is a show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex positive comic, Co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. I'm Emily. And I'm Karamia. 
So go grab your salty snacks and a fizzy drink of your choice. Sit back and be entertained. We fully endorse this show to assist you, listener, as a procrastinator. This show also contains alcohol, some colorful language, and sexual content and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. Hello and welcome to Highlights of History Spooky Minisodes. Oh, and spooky minisodes. <laughs> uh, and this is our fourth minisode, and we're just loving them. Oh, God, that was so hard to laugh. I feel like I don't have any air in my lungs now. Ugh. Emily and I are dealing with wildfires right now. We're recording yeah, this but- in the middle of September. Hopefully by the time this comes out, actually this comes out in like two weeks, but still hopefully like we know a lot of you are also dealing with that. So hopefully the wildfires are gone, but just, but here we are to take your mind off of it. Yes. And to get you in the festive Halloween mood. And if anyone says anything about Christmas yet, I'm, I'm done. Halloween needs to be celebrated in full Thanksgiving. We all need to gain like five pounds and then talk to me about Christmas. I also think that Halloween should be like four months long. Halloween, one day Halloween is always in my heart. You know how I am. Like I start wanting it to be Halloween like June 1st. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Where um, I currently am recording while all my children are sleeping. So the rooms that I usually record in are all occupied by sleeping, snoring, burping, farting children. <laughs> And that's exactly how the other rooms in my house are occupied with sleeping, <laughs> snoring, burping, farting cats. Right. <laughs> and dogs. And, and so Emily and I are having to be MacGyvers right now. So MacGyver. Well, I'm in my normal closet. You are stuffed between like four pillows. Mm-hmm. I'm a literal <laughs> um, couch potato. But what are we talking about tonight? Oh, well, hold on. I'm Today. Emily. Oh, and, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell you who I am. I just, I'm Emily. I'm the host of a podcast. I have too many other things going on right now. I don't identify as anything. I'm just a dog mom <laughs> and a cat mom. Sorry, Salem and Sam. And I didn't. My name's Kara Mia and I'm currently the proud owner of an extremely dirty kitchen table that I need to take <laughs> care of right now. And I'm staring at it, but instead... We are giving you this podcast. Maybe you should turn around <laughs> so you're I, not staring. I know. I know. It's just staring me in the face. Just hide behind your pillow a little bit. Hey, this mama made her own pizza crust tonight, so. Well, I trimmed my plant baby for the first time today. Woohoo! And then, <laughs> then Matt came in and was like, all those leaves fell off? And I was like, no, I was trimming. I was like, you were talking to me while I was trimming it. Do you not remember? He's like, oh, no, I was I was on Instagram. <laughs> Emily's partner has been taken by Instagram and my partner has been taken by TikTok. Oh, wow. We're literally dating like the men version of ourselves or dating know, male versions of ourselves from five years ago. Yeah, exactly. I'm literally every time we go anywhere, I have to take pictures of Matt. I'm like, you know, being your friend has prepared me to be an Instagram girlfriend. <laughs> Okay, so we are talking about, and this is a super short episode because... Um, the mini-sode. Well, it's a super so- short mini-sode because... So it can be short. I didn't want to include stuff that I 
didn't know was true. So there's not a lot on these two people. So Las Poquianchis, uh, Delfina and Maria de Jesus Gonzalez, who have a Guinness World Record for the most prolific murder partnership. Which, like, why was Guinness even doing that as a world record? I don't like, know. Because I'm like, should we yay them? Should we... Like gasp at like, that? Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. Continue. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird Guinness World Record. But you had originally suggested this to me for one of our spooky harlots, and I started looking into it. And I literally, I have like one page of notes when I normally try to have like ten or eleven. So I just went with like what I could find. I looked at Murderpedia and Wikipedia. Also, Murderpedia is amazing. But a lot of like the things that I could find that was more stuff on it were just blog posts. And I couldn't verify any of that information. And so there's a lot of rumors that surround them. So I'm just going to go with like what are the general facts that I found in multiple sites. So that's why this is like a smaller one because I just didn't want to. I don't want to go with all the like the filler stuff I found that I couldn't verify. <laughs> That was the okay. most unquiet sip. <laughs> it was I know. I usually like, try not to drink my drinks with ice in them because they're so loud. But I was stressed with school and I couldn't breathe. So I made myself a whiskey sour. And I had a bunch of aquafaba in my fridge from chickpeas earlier. So actually, if you don't have egg whites, aquafaba is a really good way to make a whiskey sour. All right. So this story takes place in Guanajuato, Mexico in 1964. It was about 200 miles north of Mexico City. Delfina and Maria were sisters, and they are known to have murdered around 90 people. That's, like, they're known. There could also be... But it's, like, like expected to be, like, way, way higher, yeah. right? I think those also, are just the bodies that also, they Also, I didn't realize that this... they It was so recent, I know, I know, because all their pictures are, like, black and white, so you think that it happened at, like, 1860, yeah, but... Or, like, early 1900s, yeah. Well, so they were born in the early 1900s. Delfina was born in 1912, and Maria was born sometime around then. <laughs> um, they were born in poverty, and their father, Isidora Torres, was abusive and really authoritarian. He was really violent, and he was part of the rural police, and... He had killed a man in an argument, and then the family, like, had to run out of town. And I read that he was he was so super authoritarian, and he would, I guess, lock his daughters in jail because he was one of the police officers. If oh, they my were, if, God. Yeah, if they wore makeup. And again, that's, like, one of the things from the blog post that I read. So um, they moved out of town, or they were driven out after he shot this man, and the sisters were very um, entrepreneurial, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word for murderers, but they were like, they just were really scared of living in poverty as they were born to poverty and lived it their whole lives. So they didn't want to continue that cycle. So that's when they got into this like murder sex ring. And they opened up a saloon in San Pancho. And it didn't make them, like, a ton of money, but allowed them to, like, be able to eat. They, I believe, went into sex work themselves and kind of befriended local officials. They opened several brothels around Mexico. And then at some point, I read they bought a bar from a gay man who was nicknamed El Poquianchi. And that's, that's where the nickname was passed on to them. And honestly, I tried to look up what that means, and there is no translation for it, like, at all. And... When the English language has failed us. Mm -hmm. 
I looked it up like everywhere and it was like, oh, no translation. <laughs> so I guess you can decide what you think you want that to mean. They So they ran a prostitution ring and they recorded sex workers or re- recorded, recruited sex workers by running help wanted signs for housekeepers. Oh, no. Yeah. Which as we've talked about, too, and oh. We talked no, about we that talked- the, yeah, sex working in the Wild West. Yeah. That's yeah. How, yeah, yeah. And that was, like, very common, I think. So they also would go look for, like, the prettier girls and offer them jobs and lots of money and life in the city. So they, you know, like, offer them to get out of their small towns and, like, you can make all this money. And then they were just basically, like... Sold and, into and the slavery. women and the women would spend all their money trying to get there and then have yeah no way to get can, back to their home yeah mm-hmm. so they would do that or they would just kidnap them and just take them so they kept the women that were working for them well, I'd say work uh, yeah working I mean they weren't getting paid so they kept them drugged on heroin and cocaine they kind of like keep them going, I guess. And But when the sex workers became ill or gained weight or got older or got pregnant or stopped pleasing clients, basically like anything out of what they were like supposed to be doing on a day-to-day basis, the sisters killed them. <gasps> so I, I know. didn't know they killed the, the woman in their, I, I don't even want to say employ, but no, like I, I didn't realize it was them. I thought it was the men. For the mm. money or the people that were visiting the brothel for the money. I didn't realize it was a like the women that they had working for them. Well, they did that too. They they were like equal opportunist murderers. But they so yeah, they also killed their clients that had a lot of money. And their the women, the sex workers that were working for them were either starved to death or other girls were forced to beat them to death. And their bodies were buried in mass graves or they were burned. So that's why I think like I think that this number is actually higher than 90. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. if these were, if this was happening in real communities and there, it was not a lot of record keeping, there was not yeah. a lot of, you know, I'm just like, you have no idea. It's harder to track the people. And then also like, I think we've talked about this before too, but like sex workers, a lot of the time they may not either have family or people are like writing them off as like having, cho- like, you know, victim blaming and writing them off as having chosen, chosen this profession. And a lot of people may, or may not have been looking for them. So it would be easier to like kind of let these murders slip through the cracks, you know, mm-hmm. rather than if it was like, you know, a blonde cheerleader from an affluent family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they, so they also killed the client's, with a lot of cash. And one of the sisters allegedly, like when they were asked about it, allegedly said, quote, the food didn't agree with them. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I am sure that your cooking did not agree with him. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like Whatever scheme you were cooking up didn't agree with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they must have had noses like bloodhounds. Someone came in with like, you know, a nice thick wallet. <laughs> they could smell the cash. I don't know if these people were killed before or after, you know, like like right when they walked through the door or if they like, you know, let them go be with the women and then killed them. I mean, I'm you would sure. obviously want them to be in their most vulnerable. So it'd probably be in some state of undress. Yeah. <laughs> in some compromising position. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. And I think there have been a couple of movies that have been made about them, too. They were like they were in like the sixties in Mexico where they were made. 
So I don't know if you'd be able to find them, but I, I'm like kind of curious to brush up on my Spanish to watch them. So they were actually caught because the police uh, arrest, arrested a woman named uh, Josefina Gutierrez on suspicion of like procuring women. And so she gave the names up of the Let's Poquianchis. The police ended up breeding their home, the brothel that they were running, and they, they found the bodies of 80 women, 11 men, and several fetuses. So it, it was mostly women that they, were, that they were killing. Like, I think it was mostly yeah. when they couldn't make a profit. And I'm uh, like, okay, so obviously you said that they had several brothels, and this is just one brothel. Uh, yeah. This makes you wonder about the other mm-hmm. ones or even the ones that they had before that. Like, you know, they, ex- they exhausted their welcome, they exhausted their resources there and they moved on. Right. You know? And I also like, again, like there's a lot of, there's really not that much information. So I cut out, like I didn't include a lot of the stuff, but some of the stuff I did include from some of the, like the murderpedia page that I found where there was a blog and I don't, I don't think there's like a whole lot to verify. I mean, I was like kind of shocked because like they want to get a book of world records for being like really prolific serial killers. You'd think that there'd be a little bit more information, but there just really wasn't. And I think it has to do with like it being rural Mexico. Also like female. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like the fact that it was like females in a rural part of Mexico, I'm sure beyond shocked the public in a way that right. Maybe they wouldn't have responded with, you know, sensationalism. Like, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. And I also think we, like, the sensationalism surrounding serial killers is kind of, I mean, it's not new. It's always kind of been there. But, like, as we go more into psychology, like, I feel like, you know, um, what's I also, Mindhunter? Yeah, like, I, yeah, right. But, like, I also feel like that's, like, a really big Anglo-Saxon thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's, like, a bad trait of white people. Yeah, I know it is. Right? Like we need we we have nothing bad happening to us, so we need to know more about the bad stuff happening to other people, you know? Yeah, I know. And I was like, I know we tried really hard to stay away from true crime. And I was like, this is kind of one of those ones that's like true crime, you kind of like the Jack the Ripper, but it's like it's got our, our certain like niche in it too. So this is why we're covering them. And yeah. We use harlots, I think, enduringly a lot. And obviously we're not using it enduringly for this woman. And there's a lot of people we have covered that we don't use it endearingly for when we say harlots we're we're, we're like sending a lot of spray we're like yeah harlots. it's a, <laughs> it's a we, blanket term yeah but that's how we're calling them i guess it's just listen to our voice our intonation if we're like yeah like oh the, she was a harlot we like yeah them. versus like she's ugh. a harlot <laughs> we didn't like her <laughs> yeah yeah just listen to how we're saying obviously we we don't like anyone who murders anyone. No, no, no. But yeah, these, these women, I think though, you just wonder, you just, it's just also like, you just have to wonder if they had a fair shake at life. Well, also too, I know it doesn't sound like they did, but like also too, um, Ted Bundy was like kind of around the same time as them. And like, look how famous he is. And these, I mean, maybe like 10 years later, but like 10 years later. I mean, I mean, I was like in in the scheme of how long history is, he was. And he killed far fewer people. When you look at how old Earth is and all the prokaryotic and eukaryotic evolution, (laughs) 
<laughs> taking microbiology. Then Ted Bundy was at the same time. <laughs> sure. I just put right over my head. <laughs> Humans are only like 0.1% of like the history of time. Yeah, we're babies. We are babies. Okay, yeah. So they were sentenced in 1964. So yeah, honestly, like Ted Bundy was only like five to ten years later. Which is kind of, you know, it's like, I'm just saying, like, it's kind of around the same time period. And we know a lot about him. And these women, like... like, Almost too much about him. Oh, God. Like, it's just such common knowledge. He went to my college. Dude, Ted Bundy committed, was it a double murder at the beach that I constantly take my children to? I know. Like, like, I go to Lake Lake Sammamish, like, all the time. Didn't we? We've gone there, haven't we? Yeah, we celebrated your birthday there. Was that, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I had my smash cake. <laughs> Have you seen the the movie with him? Or with not with him about him with uh, Zac Efron? No, but I've heard it's it's really good. I've heard I really liked how they portrayed. I guess it. I guess I just don't have really truly an interest. I don't either, but I think you should watch it because it portrays it from her view, and it's it's really intense. But I really like it. And they even said that, um, was it Lily Collins? I believe that was her name. When she was playing it, she was woken up at like 3 a.m. every night by like the ghosts of his victims. She would wake up the witching hour and she would have, she felt like she was having a conversation, that they that she felt their presence, but it wasn't like them angry. It was like them kind of thanking her because this is all from her view. Hmm. It's not, he's there and he exists, but like, Oh, it's so well done. And you just feel so much for her because, like, he was so... What's the word I'm looking for? Charismatic. And she had no was, idea. Did she play his wife? His, like, yeah, fiance. Like the one when he was in jail. Oh, it's so good. It's so well done. Uh, no, not the one that he ended up married and had the kid with. It was his fiance while he was doing all the murders. She, oh, yeah. that Not one. the one that he ended up marrying. Not the one who was, like... The weird lady who was obsessed with serial killers, not yeah. not her, and who he has a daughter with. She, it's also, she had a five. She had a five year old daughter when she met him. Why do serial killers get conjugal visits? I don't know. They shouldn't. It's really messed up. I'm sure they don't now. I yeah. Hopefully not. It's really good. I really like how it's portrayed. And like at the end when she realizes he actually did it, it's really really well done. Is she the one that and, called? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Hmm. And you just really feel for her. Like anyone who's ever been with, like, a man who has lied, obviously, like, hopefully we haven't been with serial killers, but, like, anyone who's ever been betrayed by a relationship, which is probably most of us. I think, I think, the, I think like, even more sneaky than that, like, they've been conceived. They've been, like, uh, deceived. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not just mm-hmm. betrayed. It's, like, they've deceived yeah. you. Like, it was, like, it was, like, betrayed sometimes just, like, says, like, not a lot of thought went into it. They no. were acting on emotional like, impulses, when, but yeah. like when deceived, it's like minute you details have, of manipulation and oh, when you have had someone, I mean, I guess like serial killer and being cheated on with someone <laughs> are different, but when you have someone like look you in the eye and tell you like no, I wasn't doing that, and you believe them, and then you find out, and that's someone that you like care about and love, then that like it really betrays your trust, and that's what, like I really identified on that level with her. Obviously, I have no idea what it would be like to like date a serial killer, but okay, we have been supreme tangent. Okay, go back. Oh my god. Okay, well it's okay. I literally only have like two more sentences. So they were sentenced in 1964. Get this to 40 years in prison. 40 years. They got out. 
They murdered over 90 people and they were able to get out of prison. So they got like a half a year for each person. Seems fair. Yeah, basically. Well, one of them got out. The, so that was that was actually the maximum sentence at the time. So I don't think that they had like life sentences. Delfina died of a, I, I said, quote, I don't know why I have this on quotes. I don't know if it actually was. Uh, she died of a quote unquote accident. I don't know if it actually like was a quote unquote accident or actual accident. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I'm so sorry. I like dropped my toothbrush <laughs> while, while I was trying to. Like, I'm so sorry it. that you fell on my prison shank. Yeah. Yeah, by the end of my toothbrush, um, which I have been slowly carving for five years. So she died of either an accident or a quote-unquote accident. I don't know. Um, And then Maria got out and disappeared. So, like, even now, 1912. So she probably, no, she wouldn't be alive now because she'd be, like, 110 years old. Hopefully she's not. Oh, my God. But um, so, anyway, since, so, 1964, 2004. Oh, so she was, like, 95 when she got out. Oh, my God. She had five real great years, and then she passed away. Yeah, or she's just, like, the oldest lady in the world. But so she she got out and then, like, just vanished. Like, no one knows what happened to her. And they actually had two other accomplices. 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 <laughs> other accomplishments. <laughs> um, Carmen and Maria Luisa, who I don't, I don't know if they were their sisters, too, or, like, I didn't get a last name for them, so... And Carmen died of cancer, and then Maria went mad in prison because she was, like, I think she was scared that everyone hated her, which, like, they probably did because mm-hmm. she was a murderer. But, um, yeah, so that is what I have on them. There wasn't that much information. Again, like, there probably should be a lot more, but that's what we have. It's really interesting. I feel like this could start a really like long conversation about the way that we view female criminals too. I know, and especially like I'm really interested to know more. And I don't know if it's just because like it's not the same country or if it's like a different culture, like why we don't have much information on them, or if it was like I mean it wasn't that long ago, but like maybe it was just because it was more rural or but it also has I I think it kinda I wonder if it has to go with the stigma of like murdering sex workers. And you know how we've talked about like that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people do that. Cause it's like, they think it's easier to get away with because it is, you know? Yeah, it is. And it's like wrongfully. So yeah. And that's why there needs to be more rights for sex workers. Cause it is a really vulnerable population. Sex work is work. It is work. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was what I have on these spooky harlots. <laughs> uh, right. And uh, join us next week on Tuesday for La Voice Sun. No, Monday. Oh my gosh. I can't ever remember. I'm so tired. <laughs> can we read our? We don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't uh, yeah. I guess I just always listen to us on Tuesday because my Mondays are so chock full. You don't listen to us the day we come out? No. I listen to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. And what? then Crying you Junkie. You listen to my favorite murder over us? You're wrong about. And I, yeah, I always, I have like my whole, and also because like listening to us makes me really anxious. I see it and I let it marinate. And then I like listen to a little bit and then I'll hear me say something really dumb. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I edit out all the really dumb stuff you say. So most of the stuff you say is only kind of dumb. Yeah, right. <laughs> I only I can't listen to us on I can't actually listen to us 
like on the podcasting. I just listen to us when we're when I'm editing it. Mm-hmm. I edit out a lot of the dumb shit we say. <laughs> so right. what you're getting, listeners, is filtered. This is us after I filtered it all out. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Harlots of History. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> Come see how cute we are on Instagram at Harlots of History Podcast. If you enjoy us like we enjoy you, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously. We release new episodes every Monday and Thursday minisodes every Thursday to help you get through your week. Next week, we will be talking about our second two-part episode, and we will be talking about Jack the Ripper and sex working in Victorian England, circa 1888. It's going to get spooky. spooky. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is Emily. And this is Karamia. Taking back the word harlot. One episode <laughs> at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye. Bye. <laughs>